welcome to the Tal Hussend podcast, episode 366, after a weekend which saw the game against Port Vale abandoned and national media attention on our club's plight reaching an all-time high, we ask what's next. Here to discuss Saturday's events are Ben, Ross and Adam. As always, huge thanks to our amazing sponsors, ZCZ Films. Right, let's get into the recap. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Yeah, as my son said, welcome to episode 366 uh, of the Tyler Sen podcast. Um, next generation of Reading fan. Uh, how how many more generations are going to get to see our club? That's that's the question we're we're kind of desperately seeking answers to at the moment. Um, obviously, we're joined by uh, Tilehurst and stalwart Adam Jones making his debut for the season, which is is completely unacceptable on our part. Um, Adam, how are you? Um, I think it's unacceptable on my part as well. But um, no, thank you for having me. Um, it's been so strange. I mean, the last time I was on the podcast, things were. Not great, but they were not absolutely dreadful. So, uh, yes, it's, things have gone south since then, but it's good to be back on. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> sorry, state of affairs, and, and we'll get into Saturday in just a moment. Um, Ross, did you did you listen to the BBC interview I did yesterday? So I shouted you out right at the end. You were, oh, you did, did you? Right, no, I didn't. I'm still going to catch up on that. But you were on so many different things yesterday well, that I, I haven't don't on any it. of them. What was the well, shout out? Do you know what we're? Well, I'll come back to a minute. Do you know we're so lucky to have Adam because he's got a massive meeting tomorrow, and oh, I'm amazed yeah. on time for us. He's he's with the EFL tomorrow, so I know, big time, big time now. <laughs> what did I say? I just shouted you out, Ross. I just said, look, you know, I want, want to draw attention to all the tactical videos that my co-host Ross does. And um, please, can you watch them so that I don't have to? Basically, exactly. Please, uh, please, someone watch them so that they 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 feel uh, like they're not shouting into the void. Um, exactly. But yes, no. Uh, there's there's more important things to discuss this week. So there is, and and you know, talking of, of shouting into the void, you know, I think recent weeks, months, we, you know, potentially as a fan base, we felt like that. Um, Saturday was not the case. Um, we're gonna we're gonna come to you first of all, Adam. I mean, realistically, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you know the reasons for it. You know where we're at as a football club. You know, we might have a few other people listening to this who've not listened to this podcast before, but we're not we're not going to go over all that stuff now because it's, it's all out there. It's all all available for you to look at in your own time, statements and notes and video clips and everything. Um, Adam, I mean, let's start with you first of all, because obviously it was it was a huge culmination of of feelings, um, you know, mostly negative. <laughs> and you don't you don't invade the pitch on the sixteenth minute if things are going well. So, what overall, what were your kind of views on on Saturday and, and kind of how it panned out? Um, I thought it was inevitable. I mean, I know that um, we as a campaign organised for it to be at the end of the match, but I think looking on social media, it was pretty inevitable that people were going to go on. I mean, you know, previously before, people have said that they'd be on the pitch, but this week, I think, just felt different. I think that the feelings were just too much in the end. Um, and you know what? If I had to make a, a prediction, I thought that, that the, the pitch invasion would come later on in the season. Uh, I'm guessing it's just the, the combination of the meeting notes and obviously... Um, Nelson Abbey and Tom Holmes being linked with the move away and people just feeling really, really helpless as well because, you know, people in the end gave up even on tennis balls and, um, you know, people, I think I think it's just that sense of hopelessness and not knowing what to do and in the end I just thought it was inevitable but um, I'm extremely pleased with the way that the local and national media uh, reacted to, to, um, to the pitch invasion Obviously, it could have gone one way or another, but um, full credit to the fans who, um, you know, took 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 the action and, and made their feelings known. Um, you know, we've shown, I think, this weekend that we'll hundred percent fight for our football club, and uh, yeah, fair play to everyone. And I think what made this piece of action kind of extra special is the fact that it wasn't exactly led from cell before we die. It was organic, and it was, you know, purely the fans' feeling. It wasn't engineered. It wasn't. 
artificial or anything like that. Not that any of the protests have been artificial, but it's, I don't know, it just felt very, very, very real this time. And it was, yeah, I don't know. I choked up a little bit when I saw the scene. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll, we'll come back to those meeting notes, really, because they <clears throat> they were kind of the catalyst for what happened on, on Saturday, in, in my opinion, anyway, in terms of, of pushing people over the edge. Um, you know, Ross, it, it, you you know, you live and breathe Reading Football Club like like a lot of the fan base, a lot of people listening to this podcast do, and you're kind of in it with with the podcast that we do every week, with the kind of videos that you put up, with the analysis, with the articles and everything else, you know, in, in a similar way that Adam does. I mean... F- you know, Adam. Adam talked a little bit there about the the kind of the coverage that this has had. Has it has it surprised you that it took the pitch invasion abandonment to get this done in terms of the, the you know the, the the focus and the attention that we've had, or do you think this was always going to come at some point in the season? No, I don't think it was always going to come for sure. And I saw somebody online who made a really good comparison of of how far Reading fans have come with their protests, starting with, I I think, maybe the Preston game almost a year ago, um, where there was a banner outside of the stadium and and things like that. And I think that we would all agree that there have been things to protest about um, at the club for a long time now, Um, you know, since at least 2021, when the first points deductions started coming down the wire. Um, We may have had the embargo before that. We've been in there. We've been in some sort of mess for so long now. It's hard to remember when it all actually properly started. But in terms of, um, like Adam was saying, sort of impromptu um, action um, at the actual game, uh, this was really a great example of how far we've come as fans. So unfortunately, you know, it, it, so how have you put it? Is it surprising that uh, it took this much to get attention? It is a little bit surprising to me that there wasn't more attention during the sort of tennis ball protests era, especially after Eastleigh. That felt like a uh, a flash in the pan, especially considering a flash in the pan, not to the fans, by the way, in terms of how the media reacted to it. Um, because, you know, that particular weekend involved the talk of sellers and Bowen foregoing wages as well. Um, and you would have thought that would have made more headlines. It is now, though, at the point where there's just such a cacophony of noise that, you know, not ig- ignoring this right now, you know, and, and some media outlets have been called out for ignoring this a little bit at the moment and, and that not being good enough. So I think it's gotten to the point now where it affects all football fans, not just Reading fans. Um, it could happen to anybody, obviously, which is a phrase that gets passed around a lot. But um I, I just think it's the truth. It, it really could happen to anyone. Owners are not like regular fans or whatever. They think about these things in different ways and they won't see, you know, the limits to which a, a fan base can be pushed. They'll see precedent being set and what they can get away with for the future. So I think we're at the point where it affects all football fans, kind of like the sort of Super League discussion and stuff like that a few years ago. Um, and so now it had to be all over the media. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point about being pushed to the limit. And as I said, we're, we're going to get on to the meeting that, that Adam was part of over a month ago now, really. Um, you know, I said it in the, over the weekend to, to someone um, that we, we're a club that is not traditionally a famous club. You know, we're the seventh oldest in the, in the football league in terms of, you know, professional clubs in, in the country. Um, you know, we've been in the Premier League for three seasons, which should count for something. And, you know, with all due respect to kind of Berry and, and other clubs that have had this situation where they've been staring down the barrel like we are now and then eventually went out of business and had to start again, we, we have to be, without sounding arrogant, one of the biggest clubs in, in this situation, surely, in terms of, you know, how we were in the Premier League, how we, you know, in my time of 30 plus years or whatever of supporting the club, consistently been there or thereabouts, the top end of, of Division One slash the Championship. So, you know, we've we've had good years of competing at a restrained level. You know, there's always been an element of we could kick on here a little bit. But now, you know, as 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 people know, listen to this, we've kind of fallen by the wayside incredibly. And and that leads me on really, Adam, to to kind of your involvement with, with what you've been up to, you know, not just this season, but all the stuff you've done for the for the Tilehurst end and and kind of your your view as a fan. I mean <laughs> If we if we consider that we're what two weeks two and a bit weeks into January into twenty twenty four, and we've already got you know a much worse period of time than we had in the whole of twenty twenty three technically because of the situations that we've been put in by this owner, 
just just kind of talk to us a little bit about the meeting that you had with the club, you know, before Christmas, and then the correlation between what you were told in that meeting at that time, and then what we were told in a statement by the CEO, in inverted commas, Dayong Pang, last week, you know, hours after the, the notes from the Cell Before We Die meeting were released, and then think about... <clears throat> you know the kind of the the rumours that we're getting of these players being sold. Just kind of, if you can, just try and talk to us about kind of all of those elements at once, really. Okay, so um, I guess take it from the start. Um, Star had had come to us because obviously they're part of the the campaign as well, and should get a lot of credit for their role in in the campaign. I think that's definitely worth saying. I think. Um, you know, all all four of them, uh, star members in in Sail uh, Before We Die campaign, have been heroic um, throughout it. So massive shout out to them. So Star had had obviously come to us, and and the club had invited Sail Before We Die um, kind of representatives. Um, so you know, we one hundred percent took that opportunity. Obviously, it was a bit of a, a moral dilemma because obviously, you know, a lot of people and a lot of fans see Dylan Pang as the enemy, but sometimes you have to talk to and you know sometimes you do have to talk to I'm going to put this in, in quote marks but maybe the enemy um so you know and and I don't think we had anything to lose really by doing it and um you know I saw this as, as, as one of two things I saw this as a, a way to get fans concerns over and I saw this as a way as kind of like another form of action maybe this is a different way we could get through because at that time that we were asked about the meeting a lot of people and a lot of fans had given up on tennis balls. So basically, I was trying to do that side of things whilst the elected star representatives do kind of the, the fans' concerns. Because, you know, I'm not elected, basically, to represent the supporters. So I was more on the, you know, this is another form of action and another way of breaking through. Um, so I thought, yeah, why not? You know, let's go to the meeting. Um, so there wasn't any real set agenda from the club, which I thought was actually a good thing for us. So you know, we decided to set the agenda in the end of, of the meeting to get the answers that we wanted. And I absolutely love a Google Doc. I think, um, you know, most people who know me know that I love a Google Doc. So, you know, we had a list of questions, a, a list of things that we wanted to attack and a list of questions um, and a list of topics that we that we wanted to include in this meeting um, to get kind of full value out of it. Um, and, you know, we brought those notes into the meeting, which we thought were, were very um, useful. I think the, the the conversation was very fluid in the end. It wasn't, uh, you know, continuing to look at our notes throughout the whole thing. So, and I think that was actually a good thing. You know, we just kind of did things fluidly, but also came back to the notes and kind of tried to nail the key points. So that was a, a good thing for us. Um, and one thing I do want to say as well was the fact that, you know, we did ask for specifically for minutes to be recorded um, just so that the other fans could, you know, kind of, um, you know, hear exactly what what Dying Pang was saying as well, and and kind of find out what they're saying. Um, we specifically asked for the, for those minutes because I, I don't think it would have been good for us to for it to have been confidential. I think other fans absolutely deserve to know what was going on, and um, you know, I give a bit of credit to the club; they allowed us um, to, to to record. So that was um, a deal, really. Um, if I had to, you know, summarise, I think Dion Pang was a lot more talkative than I thought he'd be, 100%. Um, you know, he was fully engaged with that, um, fully engaged with the meeting, which I was pleased about. Um, and, and overall, it was, I thought, you know, initially it was a very, very productive meeting. Um, you know, we asked some, some quite valuable questions and we got some, some answers, um, which, you know, I was very pleased about. And we also managed to get over some points uh, which I thought were absolutely crucial, you know, um, about Chris Samuelson and, you know, and, and I even said to Dion Pang, look, you know, as soon as we get kind of exclusivity for a bidder, then I think protests will naturally ramp down. I mean, obviously, we'll always be on our guard because a sale is not done until it's done. But, you know, if you're willing to work with us, we're kind of, you know, willing to work with you as well. You know, if, if you, uh, you know, get exclusivity or whatever you know i'm sure fans you know won't go absolutely mental um like they did on saturday um and you know i, I tried being i think we all tried taking that approach of just being kind of firm but fair as well to just get that kind of i don't know like a an effective form of communication between obviously us and the club 
Um, so yeah, we managed to get through some some really good points. Um, which can I, can I just be idea. really blunt with you, Adam, and just say at that point in time, did you did you believe what the club were telling you in that room was was accurate? Look, I mean, I always go thing, and we always go to meetings and stuff like that with our eyes wide open for any spin and anything like that. So, you know, we were always going to, you know, go into that meeting and, and we're not always going to, you know, 100% believe everything that we're told. I think it would have been absolutely foolish to go in there and absolutely believe everything that we were told. You know, we, we pressed on some things and then what we did at, at the end of the meeting, uh, you know, we, we, we went, had a drink and, and just kind of summarised the points and, and kind of had a discussion about, you know, what, what, might, be, what might be right, what might be wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And, just kind of, you know, sum up how we feel really. Um, in terms of how I felt going away from that meeting, I don't know how I felt. I don't I didn't feel, you know, let down by the club in any way. I thought it was reasonably productive. I thought it was fairly productive. Um, and then obviously the, the whistleblower came which made things very interesting. I mean that's that's the thing, isn't it? And we, we have to be careful here. But and this is this is all documented in you know official sell before we die statements. It's all on on their kind of website and and Twitter pages and stuff. But you know I'll I'll read you a quote they put out with with the release of of the notes. Uh, Since this meeting, we've had news of further redundancies and unpaid catering bills. Uh, these are the telltale signs of an owner looking to run a business on a shoestring rather than wanting uh, an imminent sale. We invite you to draw your own conclusions, but our concern is the alarming lack of progress. And then it goes on to say, and there, these are the three allegations or the three points from from this whistleblower who is who is you know inside the club. We're, we're led to believe uh, players being sold in January to cover the running costs of the club. Dai Yong does not seriously want to sell the club. He wants to run it down an asset strip to avoid repaying a debt. Investors uh, have been offered. Uh, sales of Bearwood and club separately, which I think is the most concerning part of that, really. Uh, and then, of course, the academy will be out, uh, or the the academy will be cut. Sorry, downgraded, and will unlikely return to Cat One status ever again. I mean, they're they're quite serious statements to make, given that in those notes. Correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but you know, Dion Pang said that players wouldn't need to be sold in January. Yeah, they wouldn't. Yet, they wouldn't need. To, yeah, they wouldn't need to yeah. be sold to fund the club. Is what they. Well, basically, yeah, they wouldn't need to be sold to fund the club. Is basically what he said. I, I believe, yeah. And and here we are, Ross. Uh, you know, it, two weeks into January, two weeks into the transfer window, we're about to lose two, uh, well, former current <laughs> captains of the club in Nelson Abbey and uh, Tom Holmes, who were, you know, certainly in the case of Nelson Abbey has been a shining light. You know, you talk glowingly about him on the pod over the, a number of of, of weeks this season. Yeah. Uh, we're led to believe that Charlie Savage, we're led to believe that Sam Smith, Caelan Vickers, Lewis Wing, uh, Femi Aziz uh, are, are all on the chopping block in terms of being sold. This this really has been the, the, the catalyst for this weekend, hasn't it, Ross, in terms of, you know, we're told one thing by the, the CEO, albeit a month ago, that the notes have been stagnated, they've been passed around, they've been, you know, weighted, and that's not through the fault of the fan groups that are trying to get them out to have some transparency. And now we're in a situation where we're led to believe behind the manager's back, behind Mark Bowen's back, that these players um, are, are being sold to do exactly what we were told wouldn't happen. I mean, you know, we're, we'll talk about the Athletic article in a minute as well, Ross, if, if, if you want to. But, you know, as a fan... Where are you at with that information? Um, I mean, obviously, it kind of kills your optimism for the rest of the the season in terms of the the team, uh, as is noted in the athletic article, is is actually starting to play quite well. We've been talking about the the slowly turning fortunes and um, the decent uh, return in points over the Christmas period, obviously, um, but. That's been done through the massive influence of players like Femi Aziz, who scored the winner at Exeter, or Lewis Wing, who basically you know grabbed the the team and the game by the scruff of its neck against Cheltenham to, to get us back into that game. If we end January with those players gone, um, then uh, it's very hard to see us managing to to stay up. They are kind of the X factor that we have against the other relegation candidates in that they are quality players that those kind that you know those teams around us can't access um but if we lose them then we're we're in no better situation and i think that we've already seen situations where 
um, the Ferrari around the club has affected the mental state of some of the players or, or things like that and caused downturns in form um, and, and things like that. So uh, I, I, I think that a, a mass exodus or really an exodus of more than three or four players would be pretty much curtains for Reading season on the pitch. Um, and just off the field as a fan, it's just tough to trust anything that comes out of the club at the moment, really, isn't it? You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know um, if the people whose names are on it have actually signed off on it. You don't know, as we talked about before, if you know the statement was just generated in chat GPT, uh, even, I, I think, sometimes. So communication has been bad for years it's bad now and i i think that we're just in a state where it's hard to trust anything that comes from the club the people that i look to now as sort of like the voices of the club are so before we die and star and other organizations like that um, rather than the club itself. Mm. i mean I, you know I just make, yeah go on i'll just make one point is the fact that there was one bit in the meeting and maybe maybe there's more chunks there I can't quite remember because it was like a month ago now, but yeah, um, you know, where Dayong Pan said he'd sell it, he'd sell the club debt. Well, Dayong would sell the club debt free. Um, he's looking for a credible buyer. Um, what else? Um, he's he's looking to sell it as like a whole. He's not looking to sell it separately as well. And I just felt, I, in a way, I thought it was too good to be true, um, just because of how things have gone you know, during during the season. So that's a, that was one thing where I was like, okay, you know, is it is this right or is it not? Um, obviously, the, the whistleblower claims otherwise. Um, and, you know, it definitely looks as though there are going to be sales of players as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one, isn't it? That's, that's the one bit of the meeting where I was like, uh, okay. A lot of the... Yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, look... The, on the uh, a little bit towards the end of the athletic article does talk about how um, back in September even they they don't even saying any later than that you know the the club was saying they were looking for credible offers of interest um, whereas now it appears more that um, that they say trenches have been dug you know and, and the cost cutting steps that are happening are, are indicating an extended stay for um, Dai Young so it's it's concerning times. I mean, you know, I, I was sat in a meeting with with a lot of those people on that that staff list two years ago, almost to the day um, at, at Bearwood, and and Pang was there, and and in my opinion, he couldn't have been less interested in what we were saying from the from the supports trust point of view. He he honestly could not have cared, and you know, I I think it's slightly ironic that he's decided to to meet with Sell before we die after the billboard went round, you know, London, you know, on the wheels that everyone's seen in terms of, of Dai Yong's face and, and the stuff on there. Um, I mean, it, I, I feel for the employees. I do. I, I still have a, a respect for, for some of them there. And, you know, whether or not we have a relationship after this, I don't know. Who knows? But it, I've, I've always tried to help the club, as everyone knows. I've always tried to do the best that I can personally. And I, I feel for those guys. But one thing I don't like uh, as a fan, and that's all I am really, is uh, being lied to. And I feel at the moment like I'm, I'm being lied to repeatedly. So, that you know, that's that's got to change, really. Um, yeah, can I, can I just say as well, one thing, OK, because I met, you know, I can only speak as I find. And, and some of those people and some of the club officials in that meeting, I thought were were genuinely OK people. And we wouldn't be having all of these disagreements and we wouldn't be so divided as in kind of between the club and the fans if it wasn't for one man, which is Dai Yong. He is absolutely a despicable human being and quite frankly, he isn't fit to run a bar and he needs to sell the club as quickly as possible. He is ruining lives by making redundancies close to Christmas and uh, yeah, he is just absolutely mm. shameless. I, and and that's that's really the point, isn't it? You know, ultimately, people can say, "What's the goal? What's the end product to this? What's the, you know, what's the aim?" It's it's to get him out. You know, all the other stuff can come afterwards. But actually, <clears throat> until he's removed from the football club and removed from a position where he owns a club, um, it, you know, nothing's nothing's going to get better, really. Um, let's let's kind of stick on that point because obviously, after the weekend's events, um, EFL came out today and released their own statement. Uh, which, you know, there was some points in there that, that maybe they're going a bit further than they had previously. Um, Ross, just just talk to us a little bit about the kind of the language choices within that statement and, and kind of what that potentially means for us as a club moving forward. 
I think that um, the the statement that came from the AFL, it was obviously more in detail than some of the previous ones from them have been. And they will have known that, you know, kind of as we talked about um, at the start, because this isn't something that just affects Reading anymore, it affects football as a whole. They know they've got more eyes on this than ever before from Reading fans, but also from the, the wider football world, obviously. Um, the, the main information in it, um, there's confirmation that Dayong didn't pay the 125%, uh, into the payroll account again, um, which of course calls into question whether staff are going to be paid in full at the end of this month, which is of course concerning again. Um, Dai has already been fined before, uh, for this, and they've now activated the extra 50,000, uh, pounds. So he's now owed a, he now owes 80,000 pounds in fines i believe i almost said dollars i got away from it um but uh he's been in default on that for four months so it, it's not uh it's not like he's in a rush to pay it it seems even though i'm sure it's not that much money to his particular name uh the league is considering all options under the regulations and may bring further charges but they do make clear whenever they mention things like that that they want they they are only able to do so within the regulations, um, which means that they don't have a whole lot that they can really do. They note um, that they tried to get the, uh, they tried to have Dai um, suspended for a year in November, um, but that didn't happen, obviously. And, and they note that they, they may try and do that again. Um, and the key phrase from a Reading perspective is, we urge Mr. Dai either to fund the club adequately or to make immediate arrangements to sell his majority shareholding to appropriate no, new owners, uh, which is obviously the strongest, um, I would say, statement that the EFL have made so far publicly, calling on Dai Young to sell the club. So I think for Reading fans, that's the primary thing. Um, at the end of it, although they do then begin to note that Entering the field of play is, of course, a criminal offense, and the league has a responsibility to other teams um, to uphold the rules, um, you know, adequately, I guess, evenly across the whole 72 teams below the Premier League. So um, I think that uh, the club is, they're probably preempting that the club is likely to get some sort of um, sanction for, for these this weekend's events, obviously. So um, it's definitely a statement in, in general that's more sensitive to writing fans, sensitive to the fact that it has eyes on it, um, and it makes the strongest call for the club to be sold yet. But it does belie that there isn't a whole lot um, that the EFL can really do to, to force Dae Young to sell at this time. Yeah, I think what, what Reading fans have done at the moment, I mean, you know, I've got to give a lot of credit to Reading fans. I think they've played a part in the coverage and media coverage and Reading fans contributing to the media coverage, not just people from Sale Before We Die, but other people as well who've been absolutely brilliant in terms of contributing to the media. Um, they have, I think they've played a part in pushing the EFL into this position where they've got to be more sensitive. Now, of course, as you say, the EFL can only do so much. They can't expel him yet. Um and it's only the, the IDC, really, that, that can enforce a ban. Um, but also, I, I do believe, um, you know, in, in my view, that it's, work, it's, it's worth working with the EFL. We've got to work in the, the premises that we have to try and get a sale over the line. And if that means mm-hmm. working with the EFL, then absolutely it's, it's something that we should take. And I'm so glad that, that Star and now Stell, before we die, I've got dialogue with the, with the EFL, um, which I'm, I'm grateful for. But we do need... The independent regulator as soon as possible we need to be the test case for it we need to be the very very first case um because our club is in gen- genuine danger i mean dion penn said in the meeting um that that we wouldn't go into administration maybe we should have been asking are we going to go into liquidation because that's the thing that i'm most fearing at the moment but um and yeah, that's, yeah. that's a really good point adam you know you you go or you you are in a position where you can go and talk to the afl tomorrow and we say tomorrow we're recording this Monday night because um, we're trying to get in a routine of doing it earlier on in the week because we found that our, our our listenership is actually better at the start of the week for obvious reasons. No one wants to listen to this on a Thursday. If they want to listen to it at all, who knows? Um, but, you know, you, you are in a position where you, <laughs> you listen to them uh, or you're in a – you put me off now, Ross. Um, know, you're, you can go and talk to them tomorrow, right? And, and one of the things that I would uh, personally – like you or someone else to ask them is, why are they happy as an organisation to sanction player sales 
when they know full well that he's not paid the 125% that he was obligated to do? And what guarantees have we got that that money from those player sales, which will be negligible, let's be honest, there'll be undisclosed fees because that's how we do business at Reading Football Club these days. What what guarantees have we got as fans that that money will go back into the club rather than straight into Dion's pockets? Yeah, we, we will be asking that question. I mean, we we also um, kind of kind of me and kind of Sarah from Star kind of um, jointly kind of wrote a letter as well to kind of express our concerns on Friday even before the pitch invasion happened. So we were we kind of tried to get one step ahead of the game. You know, get that EFL dialogue going, get that political dialogue as well going with the local MPs, and just kind of, you know, maybe even getting them to, to bash their heads together as well, and, and maybe take some action. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're always looking to do in the in quotes boring bits. Um, you know, not always the, the protesty stuff. Although I would like a, a day of action in London, but uh, that's going that is going off uh, off, off track. But um, yeah, that is definitely a question that will be asked. Um, and also, you know, we, we've we've also asked, you know, is there another way that you can disqualify him? And you know, basically, what can you do to to get him out, really? And uh, mm. you know, hopefully, the independent regulator comes in as as quickly as possible because you know it, they, they can install him uh, as an owner, but they can't expel him. And I'm not exactly targeting the EFL for this, but that is ludicrous how they can install yeah. him, but they can't expel him without the IDC's commission. Now, it's good that we have an an independent disciplinary commission. But are the IDC accountable? You know, not really. So it's it's, it's difficult, isn't it? But um, you know, we'll, yeah. And and well, I think uh, it's we'll, interesting. We'll talk about that, what's next. Just briefly, Ben. I just wanted last thing to note on that. Last time it went before the independent commission, the issue they seem to have when they, you know, the EFL tried to have Dye suspended for twelve months was that they said, well, this doesn't necessarily mm. solve the issue of Dye not paying money to the staff and like making sure that the, the staff's wages are paid. This doesn't solve that issue, which is what this particular hearing is about. And then you wonder, with that being the wording, if the EFL was to reframe this around you know, the damage caused to the football club and the negligence around running the football club, at that point, could you then you know, get the language to work to, to get him suspended? And that would be, if I could ask yeah. anything for the AFL to do, that would probably be the last straw to pull. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and it's also very, very complicated because you've got Dai Yong who owns the stadium as well and he owns like little mm-hmm. different bits. And it's just, even if he is expelled, it's going to be so, so complicated. And, and, and we did ask, that, and we're going to ask the EFL as well, and it was in the letter, you know, what, what on earth, you know, can you do you know what what happens if he is disqualified you know what's the process what's the kind of process and what does it look like you know we've we've got to understand how it works as well you know it's okay having a solution it's okay it's it's okay saying ban him but how do you implement that as well how do you make it effective how do you do it effectively and how do you do it quickly as well and and you know we're going to be asking the EFL some some questions about that maybe whenever you're listening whenever you listen to this podcast um, well, well, we'll talk a little bit about what happens next, um, kind of later on towards the end of the pod. Um, we, we're going to head into the mailbag now. Sadly, there's nothing to do with on-pitch stuff. None of this, does Sam Smith need support or, or anything like that? So, um, right. yeah, we, we, we've got a few bits to get into on the mailbag, which, we will, um, which we'll jump into after this short break. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. One thing we didn't mention, actually, was the um, athletic article, which we won't do that now. You can go and have a look at that. Uh, You know, great website. I think it's a very, very small fee to pay to, to read their fantastic articles, but they they did uh, they've done a couple of articles on us recently, which is really good as a club. So um, you know, it keeps the eyes uh, on us at the moment and the focus there in, in terms of the footballing world. Um, before we have a look at the kind of questions that we've been sent in this week, um, I need to make a full and frank sorry from from last week. I made the comment that uh, Ross sourced our new microphones. That's not true. It was Sim who did that. So Sim, if you're if you're listening to this for once, thank you for sourcing our microphones. I listened to the first four minutes of our pod last week. Ross sounded delicious with his new setup. I still haven't got mine out of the box. Um, so I will I will sort that out. But yeah, Sim, you sourced them, sponsors paid for them, uh, Ross did nothing. So I just want to get that uh, cleared up okay. before we, we move. 
fair enough. Well, you didn't, did you, really? Like, did, you just sort of, I don't know, you know why. Like I, was you. I was there. I was moral encouragement. You know, I, I got my out of the box already <laughs> and you didn't. So, you know, like, let's, uh, let's not. Tri- I should, uh, yeah, I should, I should just shut up because I yeah. haven't actually done anything <laughs> with it. Anyway, we, we digress. Um, Tom Hill, Thomas Hill. I always love it when we get our kind of our regular writers to 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 give us questions, and we didn't yeah. put him up to this. He just he just put this for the pod. So um, we we appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. I think he lives in Macclesfield as well, which okay. is quite some distance to get to Reading. But Tom's um, good. Yeah, he I writes think, I think tactical the right pieces for anyone who hasn't um, checked it out. Tom writes tactical pieces, and and they are really good. So so do uh, yeah, have a look at that. Yeah, um, well, he says it's sticking on the Port Vale game. Good question, this, as they all are. Uh, will we get a replay at the, at the Port Vale game? So as in, will we get a replay at home against Port Vale? Or will it be a replay behind closed doors, points deduction or fines? Um, Adam, what in, in your gut at the moment, I mean, obviously, I guess you're potentially going to bring this up tomorrow or today or whatever, or yesterday, whenever you listen to the pod with the EFL. But... In, in your gut at the moment, what, how do you think this game is going to replay? Because we made, what, 16 minutes? 17 yeah. tucks? It's got to be if replayed. It, yeah, if, if I had to make a prediction, the game will be replayed. Um, I don't think Port Vale will get three points. I do think um, it will be played behind closed doors. I mean, just having a guess here, and I reckon we'll, we'll get a fine. Um, if they handed us another point deduction, even suspended, that would look, look absolutely dreadful for them because obviously they've been criticised so heavily for um, giving out point deductions in the past. So there's a part of me that thinks that there'll be a hefty fine, which Dive probably won't pay. Um, and I reckon that game will probably be behind closed doors. Um, obviously, that, that does punish the fans to an extent because they won't be able to see the Port Vale game. Um, and obviously, it's, it's, it's Dai Yong who's the one in the wrong game. Yeah, that's that's my that's my prediction. I think for that one. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's probably a good time to say. And if there are any Port Vale fans listening to this, first we're very welcome. Um, secondly, if you can let me know the sizing on your replica shirts, because I'm toying between a, a a medium and large at the moment. Although I'm okay. frightened it might be an extra large. So if you if you've got any comments about your site, because you know that Macron's ridiculous. You know, like they're, it's just everything. You've got to go two sizes. Athletic fitting. That's what it is. Not ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I what, well, okay, might be might be not ridiculous here. But Puma, I've got no idea. I haven't bought anything for Puma for years. Probably since yeah. the last time they sponsored us or made our kids. So if you could just let me know, that'd be great. But on a serious note, you know, you guys were exceptional, and you continue to be exceptional. And I hope that when all this is over, we do have, without sounding cheesy, a kind of a lasting. Um, a lasting football friendship with you guys and I, I know that there's a donation going for your uh, legendary manager I don't think that's inappropriate to say legendary it gets tossed around but he is uh, John Rudge I believe um, so th- there's a statue or, or trying to be made for him so if we can contribute in any way financially to that uh, Royals fans keep going with it the, the, the link will be on their pages I think so before we dive shared it as well so just wanted to kind of put that out there really because you were you're excellent, so thank you, Port Vale Football Club. We, um, they're, they're fans as well. They're, um, sorry, not their fans, but their fans were brilliant. Sorry, yeah, they were fantastic. They're away fans. Um, just a word on the owner as well. I think her name's Carol Shanahan. She's exactly the sort of owner that, that, that we want. She's fantastic in terms of you know the way that she speaks. I've heard her on the BBC Five Live, uh, I think 72 Plus podcast on the BBC. The way she yeah. speaks is fantastic. Um, their story is great as well. They won promotion under her stewardship, and, and she's exactly the sort of owner that we'd want as well. Um, so, you know, fair play to the fans, um, you know, the players and the staff, and just the owner as well. Um, fantastic stuff. Um, just, just kind of going back to that point, really, that question was because I'm interested to hear what you think about it. Do, do you, what do you think is going to happen in terms of that particular game? Do, do, do you do you think they'll just get given the points? Will we get a chance to replay it? You know, wh- where are you at? I think um, I think it would be I think it would be a little bit un I mean like it would be unfair on Port Vale to obviously take the fixture away from them not give them the chance to win the three points I would struggle to say it would be unfair on Reading to if Port Vale were given a three nil win as is sometimes given in forfeited games but I don't know if this game is technically forfeit or 
abandoned or suspended or anything like that. It's actually tough to kind of find precedent for this. I had a little bit of, uh, I did a little bit of research, but really struggled to to find much at all um, similar yeah. to this. I think Adam's right and on the right track with um, the game being replayed, but behind closed doors. Um, I'm not sure if you want to, if those Port Vale fans will want to risk coming down to Reading again this season anyway. So um, that might be the, we might be looking at a, a pandemic football game kind of uh, like we did uh, back in the day. Well, uh, I mean, if they, if you want to come down to Reading anyway, and we'll just, we'll just go to the Purple Turtle and have a great time. Why not? Exactly. Let's just do it. Port Vale fans, be a great time. Be fantastic. Now. Experience for everybody. So we could, we could do them all. Oakford. Uh, Phantom Brewery, Double Barrel, but we could have a great night. It'd be fantastic. Nice. Anyway, yeah. um, legendary mailbag contributor Ross Peter okay. Martire is back again. All right, uh, he up? says congratulations to everyone. Uh, he says uh, congratulations to everyone that took part in the pitch invasion. The level of respect and support we have received from other fan groups and coverage from media is all down to you. And he did. He does that thing where this is the clap emoji, but he puts that three times. So basically three rounds of applause, I guess. May I just say today has been absolutely ridiculous with media requests. I mean, well it's... done, Reading fans. It has gone absolutely bananas. If if you thought today was brilliant for coverage, there's going to be more coming for you throughout the week. I think with the with the Everton and the Nottingham Forest charge story, you know, we may fall down the agenda just a little bit, but there's going to be more stories coming um, later on in the week. So, you know, absolutely fantastic job, Reading fans. Yeah, it's um, it's quite incredible, really, isn't it? The the the, the um, the focus that is finally had, and you know, as Ross kind of alluded to at the start, I was lucky to to speak to a few people over the weekend, and um, yeah, it's it's just good to get the club on the map, I guess. Really, I know it's for the wrong reasons, and we don't want to be doing it, but actually, it, anyone that can get on there and talk about the club and and do it in a way that, that, that kind of still keeps the message running is, is, is great in my book. So yeah, thank you for that, Peter. Appreciate that. Um, Simon Povey, he's gone a bit militant here. He says, what next? I say storm the Chinese embassy. Um, thoughts on that? Anyone? No, no, please don't <laughs> worry. I'm editing that out. Those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> um, for me, I mean, in terms of future protests, um, I would personally, and I'm I'm not speaking on behalf of the campaign here because we'll have our own thoughts and then we'll listen to the fans tomorrow and see what we come with, up with. I'm already preparing for a London protest. I'm already preparing some materials, some flyers. I'm, I'm preparing some stuff for that. I do think it would be a great thing to keep that coverage up. I think mm-hmm. the most important thing from, from now on, now that we've done the protest, will be that political work, will be that EFL work, will be kind of the routes that we can try to kind of get him out, kind of the behind the scenes stuff, shall we say, that in quotes, the boring stuff is perhaps the most important thing now. But the fan action should continue. We should continue with the stunts. And um, yes, London, please. London. We'll get a coach. Let's go London. I mean, Ross, it's it's difficult, you know, in terms of, of trying to get another game abandoned. I think that would be... You know, in my opinion, I think that'd be a little bit overkill. I think we'd be pushing it too far, really. And I think, you know, my personal opinion is that if if the club really wanted to stop the pitch invasion on Saturday, they could have done that. But there was, I don't know, they just felt in the stadium like there was almost a kind of like reluctance and just kind of let it happen sort of thing. I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be, you know, the, the, the Tannoy announcement certainly didn't act that way, but kind of the initial surge of, of letting people on. I don't know. It just felt a little bit like this is going to happen. Enjoyed it, the, you know? uh, the Tannoy announcement that told people how much longer they needed to stay on the field to get the game abandoned. That's a helpful one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that was quite humorous, really. I think Sim put a tweet up from the Tower stand about that. So, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was quite funny. But I mean, it's, 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 I mean, ridiculous. I mean, you know, if you stay on the pitch for 10 more minutes, you're going to achieve your aim. What on earth is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No idea. I thought and you I, guys, I, yeah. before we die, had managed to get into the announcements booth at that point, to be honest. I was like, ah, clearly we've had a change of hands here. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, you know, I going back to that, that kind of next step. Yeah, no, Ben, I was going to say, I don't think, I'm sorry, I'm doing it, trying to fail to do your job for you. Um, <laughs> I, he's, he's tired, guys. He's been on too much of a media tour. I've got to save his voice. Um 
No, so I don't think that necessarily getting games, uh, another game abandoned is the right idea. And part of why I'll say that is because we haven't actually mentioned sellers and the players this week on the pod yet. Um, they were great um, uh, uh, over the weekend. Sellers in particular um, was just spoke really, really well many times over. And I think, you know, obviously it's helped that in the last few weeks there's been a bit of a turnaround in the fortunes of the team, which has made it a bit easier and more palatable for football fans to um, be all right with Sellers being the manager of the club. Obviously his hands are still tied in some places and there's still mistakes that he's made. But um, he spoke really well uh, over the weekend and he understood the protests um one thing that he did make clear is that what he wants is for his team to go out and, and get victories for the fans and things like that do what he can to sort of keep the atmosphere going and, and keep the unity of the fan base and i think that what ruben is asking for and is going to want for his team for the rest of uh or, or from moving forward is to at, at home and obviously away be given the opportunity to go out and win football games now um you know that that's what he wants obviously um and then last thing on that do listen to the i I think it was the training ground guru podcast um that sellers did uh last week really interesting interview first 15 minutes Uh, if you're just looking for quick hits they're almost entirely on reading football club and the situation that they're in um but just a lot of, of interesting stuff in there too about sellers's career and um his movements you know around europe and, and around the world um really for for coaching so um lots of good reading stuff in there yeah. but it's a good interview in general yeah i mean so what i'm gonna say um just sorry to cut you off again ben and um, what one thing that i would say um about the protest is we i think we hit the sweet spot because I, I don't think there was many premier league games on that was there i mean i could be wrong no, it's like right. We yeah. were kind of the, the the main event. It felt like the we were the main event really on on, on Saturday. So I think that the protest, although unintentional, that the protest was actually timed perfectly in terms of coverage. I mean, that 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 was the aim for a lot of people was to get as much coverage as possible. So yeah. I think we did hit the sweet spot there. I do agree. At the moment, I think that and and, and I don't speak you know necessarily on behalf of the. The, the whole campaign or anything like that and, and obviously we don't have the, the, the monopoly on protests either you know we're not here to control fans because that would be 100% wrong you know we're we're equal with other fans we're not better than other fans so we don't have the monopoly on protests but I mean just speaking from my personal point of view I think the point has been made at the moment and I think we need to switch things up it feels like at the moment you know, with 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 some of the Reading protests, and and I think that the the pitch invasion did make a massive impact. I think if you're doing stuff Reading, kind of protest wise, actually at Reading, I think you know it's still good, and I think it's still worth doing. But you're punching him in the arm. I think if you go to London, where closer to where he lives, I reckon you're punching him in the face. You know, I think it hurts a little bit more. You know, um, you know, especially going to the the casino and and um, you know, obviously his favourite casino and. Obviously, you know, closer towards his mansion as well. I think he has a lot of impact there as well. So, you know, I think definitely for now, leave the kind of the, the pitch invasion. So maybe people will disagree with me, and that's absolutely fine. But what I would say is go to London now, have a bit of an impact there, and we'll also do some stuff behind the scenes as well in terms of you know trying to work with politicians and and get that kind of regulator as well. Hopefully we can kind of, hopefully that the government can get that regulator up and running as soon as possible. Obviously the self we die group don't have much influence on when that kind of regulator is going to come into play, but mm. hopefully it comes soon. But um, yeah, we've got so many different strings to our, our bow in, in terms of, you know, a fan base, in terms of the way that we can pursue things. You know, we've got political EFL, um, London protests, Reading protests, um, you know, getting coverage perhaps, you know, out in China as well. We've got several different things, several different buttons that we can push and seven, several different levers that we can pull. So, yeah, it's not just about pitch invasions, but, um, yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, the next steps or the next stage of those next steps, if you like, is is tomorrow night when there's going to be a, a virtual gathering. And I say tomorrow night, but, but Tuesday, 8 o'clock, um, a kind of virtual gathering of fans run by... Uh, organized by sale before we die where we could share ideas and stuff and i've you know i've, I've got one 
which I, I, I mean, who knows if it'll work, but it's, it's something that I, you know, readily share sort of tomorrow with, with you, Adam, because I think you're sort of running it tomorrow or co-hosting it or whatever. Yeah, co-hosting um, it, yeah. So, you know, we, we can talk about that. And, you know, th- there are lots of options and, and you're right. I think mixing it up and changing it around is, is probably quite important, really. Um, last question from Bob Burrows. What a great name. What a fantastic name. Um, great action, but very worried. Dayong Pang will just asset strip, i.e. cut price transfers. I'm no lawyer, but the company's act selling assets to yourself is a potential breach of uh, judiciary duties. Fiduciary duties? I've never heard that word before. Fiduciary. Is that yeah. a word? Yeah. Yeah, is that a word? Yeah, is it? it is. I'm not. Well, let's not get into what it means because mean? I've, I've reached the end of my. I can say the okay, word right, and fine. I don't know the meaning. Yeah. I've never. Well, Bob, thank you for sharing that. I've never. I know I'm probably showing myself up here. I'm a teacher as well. I've never seen that <laughs> word before. You don't have fiduciary. We all know I'm an idiot with a microphone or not a microphone, <laughs> but yeah. Um, also, below market value in event insolvency can be challenged by liquidator and court order. I'm actually talking uh, one of my best friends, a uh, guy called Milan, great guy. I've known him for years and years as a insolvency practitioner for businesses. And there was there's a guy who's about to do an article for the Tilehurst End, and I cannot remember his name. And I'm really sorry if you're listening, but basically um, he's looking to speak to an insolvency practitioner about you know kind of how that would work in the worst case scenario. So I'm trying to kind of put those two together really, but it's, it's a really interesting point about Pang because, you know, we talked about him at the, at the top of the, the podcast. Um, he will, you know, I'm led to believe that he will just sell anybody now. You know, if you, if you want out as a player and if I'm honest, I don't blame the players for, for wanting to leave this current situation because, you know, at this level, football careers are short and, and not hugely well paid really. If we're, if we're being honest, um, you, you know they're not they're not going to get the mega riches of the, of the Premier League and, and the Champions League that they probably want. So you know, in my opinion, make hay while while the sun shines, and I wouldn't begrudge any player leaving at this current stage. Personally, um, others might disagree, and that's fine. But you know, in in terms of where we go now, how many how many players do you expect to lose, Ross? Realistically, over the next couple of weeks. Oh man. Um, that's a really, that's a, that's a tough question to, to answer. Cause I feel like this week is going to be really important for that. Whether, um, that's players starting to trickle out the door, which will probably make it easier for the players following them. Um, or whether that's the club actually somehow managing to make some progress in this, uh, ongoing saga and, and thus giving the players hope that they can stick around or maybe sellers can try and, you know, keep his players around as he, as he's made clear that that he wants to. Um, the athletic article made clear that Savage, Binden, Sam Smith, Harvey Nibs um, are among others attracting attention. Lewis Wing is obviously on that list as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if Reading do lose. I, I don't know two to four players um, in the next month. Um, and and mm. and whether and and that may lead to us seeing some of the players who have been. Um, not with the team for a while coming back so you know we, we spoke about um like uh, harley dean and nesta guinness walker and people who haven't really been playing with the team for for a while and whether they might come back next last week when we were on the pod and i think if abby and Holmes are gone you know as as the rumors are swirling about then you'll almost certainly see those players come back so i i'm, I'm thinking it, it may end up being two to four players and you're right like as it, this is when the stuff like overnight hotels getting scrapped and microwave meals becomes important because like if you don't have like a deep yeah. connection to the club and you can just sack it in you know because you're personally like it's just not the what you can get anywhere else but if you just wander down the road to you know wickham probably even or, or whatever a football club you want to go to um this is when it matters because why stick around if your family's uncomfortable too um it's one of the nice things from sellers in his statement was that his family are happy here uh, as well and that's part of why he's so motivated to to keep the club going hopefully that motivation trickles through and we keep closer to you know we only lose closer to two rather than four players i think losing more than four would would really really put the nail in the coffin for reading's relegation yeah well we're unlikely to lose homes in terms of um short term anyway because the the kind of the the deal 
that we've we've heard about is that obviously as, as most people have is that he's off to Luton, but he will be loaned straight back to the club. So, you know, in theory, if he's if his class is kind of one of the four leaving but comes back, that that's kind of good business for us, really. Um, I say good business, but you know what I mean, like in terms of numbers and, and yeah, not having to price, promote. It's still not good business. Really, that's a player we wanted to sell for a lot of exactly. money at some point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are where we are. You know, I've I've spent more money in TK Maxx over the last few years than we have on players. So, you know, it's it's one of those really. Um, I've we, certainly spent we more move, money. We moved. Well, you have. You love a shirt. Honestly, I'm surprised yeah. I'm wearing one at the moment. I, know, I actually yeah. am. But anyway, what, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a, a Reading. You're not wearing a shirt. Yeah. No, I'm wearing a Reading vest with a long sleeve shirt on underneath and then an Ajax sweater. I'm always representing something. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, right, let's 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 head into the uh, preview if we can. Um, we're going up next at the DW Stadium. Is it still called that? I think it is. Do you know I've lost track so. on the pitch? It is, isn't it? DW Stadium. Um, that's on Saturday, so we'll get into that uh, and talk a little bit about the next few days ahead uh, after this uh, short message. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals, so be loud and be proud for the big match preview. Right, so welcome back to the final part of episode 366 of the Tile House End podcast. Uh, if you join us for the first time and you, you we kind of picked you up as a follower and you you're interested in what what we're saying, um, we're not we're not just a podcast. We're actually what we class as a fan site in inverted commas. So we do well. I say we. There's there's a lot of articles that that people put up. We do videos. Uh, we do all sorts. So you know, check us out on all the social media sites because everything we do goes on there. But also, we have our own website with with all those articles and things. So um, yeah, if if you're interested and you, uh, in fact, if you want to write for us, if you want to write an article, get in touch with with Sim, our editor. Um, if you you know, if you fancy coming on the podcast, you know, as a, as a guest appearance, we're always happy to do that. So you know, just let us know if you fancy coming on at, at any point. Um, talking about all things Reading, really, we don't we don't tend to talk about. Uh, much else yeah. apart from there's what a lot going wearing. on though right now and there's a lot of eyes on the club so if there's ever been a time when you've been thinking about it and wondering if you'd just be screaming into the void you would not right now exactly. um, so yeah do get involved if you're interested yeah um so yeah there's there's loads of stuff going on there so we uh talking back on the pitch we play wigan who are currently i say languishing in 18th but i would love that right now 28 yeah. points looking upwards rather than down potentially um, we go up there Saturday. Uh, Under-21s are in action right now, and there's a lot of first-teamers or, or kind of uh, fringe first-teamers, if you like, playing in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, very, very strong. Adam, let's talk about the potential lineup there. I mean, it it's a must-win game, isn't it, really? And it's, it's a potential game that we can win. Um, it feels like only yesterday we played them at home, uh, you know, obviously on the 23rd of December, which was less than a month ago. What what are your thoughts heading up to uh, Wigan on Saturday? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you've been thinking. I mean, we've all been thinking about the the protest over the past few days and just all the coverage and everything like that. So it's been hard to focus my mind really to, to Wigan. This feels like it just feels very strange. Um, for Wigan, yeah, I mean they they've done brilliantly to come back from their eight point deduction, didn't they? And I'm so glad that they did. Um, you know, they've been you know really good at times this season. They they've also been know not not so good at times I mean they, they kind of like us in a way but they've done better um obviously especially at the start of the season as well to get themselves out of the out of the relegation scrap and hopefully they can build on from that as well um you know fair play to them as well for, for keeping faith in in Sean Maloney um whether he turns out to be a good a kind of appointment for the long term or good manager for the long term it remains to be seen but uh you know the main thing for them is the fact that they're out of the relegation zone at the moment um and you know they they can build now and they've got some some talented players at their disposal. I know that um, one of their players called Sam Tickle. Um, I know that it amused a lot of Reading fans that uh, his name was Mr Tickle and he's a goalkeeper, keeping everything out. Um, yeah, he's he's attracting interest from I think Everton at the moment and other Premier League teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, you know, we're gonna have got some some good players and um, you know, a lot of their fans have been sympathetic to our cause as well. So. Yeah, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for, for Wigan. In terms of us, um, it's going to be a bit strange because we've effectively, I mean, apart from those playing in, in the game tonight, have had you know quite a bit of time off, obviously, because of uh, 
um, because of the abandonment. And also, we played, you know, we played some of our fringe players actually at Brighton, but we also played quite a few of our first teamers, and that was an unacceptable performance. So, you know, we really need to respond to that. Um, my thoughts ahead of the game. I mean, it's going to be a very, very difficult game to call. I think this is one that we can definitely win, but yeah, it's really, really difficult to predict. And I know that you, I don't know if you're going to ask me for a prediction. Probably not, because we're not doing the prediction league anymore. And I'm going to say to that, thank God. <laughs> we just found it was so difficult because it just made us look like idiots every single week. Like it, I mean, it made us look even more like we didn't know what we were talking about when we were doing the prediction league. Speak for um, yourself. Well, yeah, true. Okay, fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, trying to compartmentalise this a minute. You know, you've got, I say you, but we've got the off-field stuff going on. We've got meetings with the FL. We've got all this media attention. Um, you know, we've we've got all these kind of stories of um, of players not being allowed to play in terms of Charlie Savage and you know not being allowed to start another game because he's going to get a two grand pay rise um, each month, which we can't afford to pay, which is why he's not starting games. We've got um, all of this other attention away from the pitch when when really what we want to do as football fans is focus on you know the eleven chaps starting the game for this football club. Do you just just thinking about on pitch right now? Have we got enough about us to a win this game? And the second part of my question. And I have to ask this right now, heading into the kind of the final part of the season. Have we got enough overall to stay in League One? Comes back to what we were talking about earlier with how many players end up leaving. Because if we lose, uh, if we were to lose, I think if we lost one of Wing or Aziz, that could be a huge issue. Um, because creatively, they they really do a very large amount of um, the, of the work when running are going forwards, or they at least make the system. You know, whereby um, the the center, the right center mid goes out to the right back position in build up. They make that system work uh, in a, in a lot of ways, and I don't think there's an easy in terms of just like a physical comparison. There isn't a there isn't somebody you could drop in for Aziz at the club right now. The closest player would be Makairo, and he's nowhere near Aziz's level in terms of directly running at the net um, and, and causing defenses trouble. Um, nobody gets Aziz is the player who people step off on, uh, basically on our team. So if we lose players, then yeah, we're gonna those kinds of players, especially, we're really gonna struggle relegation wise. That said, if we keep, um, even if we lost Abby and, and Holmes over this week, I think that we would still have enough to beat Wigan. Um, it's not that long. I was talking about Wigan anyway um, during the the build up video and, and things like that because they were part of our uh, Christmas slate of games. They were in the in the first one and we beat them two nil at home um, with uh, I think we got goals from Sam Smith and Aziz that day. Another pinger from Aziz from outside of the box. Um, Wigan are yet to get going again um, since we last spoke about them about a month ago. Whereby the the thing with them was that they started really well but they kind of tailed off. They're yet to get going again. Um, the only team they've beaten since they played us was Carlisle, who are even even worse situation than us on the pitch, obviously. Um, they did start to get their engine revving, as it were, with a FA Cup performance against Manchester United that I think um, you know got their motivation going well. They, they lost 2-0 that night, but they were certainly up for the cup as it were, and, and they gave it a good go. I know the fans were pretty happy with that performance. Um, but then on the weekend, they, they could only tie with Northampton Town. So um, it didn't translate yet into results. Um, they'll be away uh, tomorrow, uh, so Tuesday, um, January 16th, in the Football League Trophy. Um, so if they end up playing more players who are of a good level like we did in that trophy, maybe they'll be a bit more tired for, for the weekend. Um, but they're League One players. They can deal with a midweek and, and then a weekend game. So I think we've got enough to beat them. I don't think much has changed with Wigan in, in the last month, really. Um, it's going to depend on who's available for sellers to, to select. Mm, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one. As, as Adam said earlier, I think we're desperate for the points. We're desperate for some positivity. Um, I, I would imagine there'll be protests of some description potentially before the game. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow a little bit, I guess, when um, when we all come together and kind of put our brains to into one pot and, and see what we can do moving forward. Um, last couple of bits then, as Adam said, there's going to be a lot of media attention on the club and, and various people talking to... Um, you know, talking to media outlets and stuff over the next couple of days. So 
if you are one of those people listening to this, uh, thank you for, for giving up your time. No one's getting paid for this, by the way. We're all, I say we're all, but everyone talking to them is, is volunteers. There's no fees involved, to my knowledge. There's there's nothing like that. Um, you know, from from myself and, and Ross's point of view, we'll continue to put out this pod, whether we've got attention or not. You know, we'll we'll do it if if at least one person listens to it. We'll we'll continue to do this until uh, we're told to to not do it anymore. It's a privilege for us, as we always said. It's great to have Adam on the on the show, um, you know, debut for this season and, and hopefully we can get him back on again soon. Uh, before we go, just want to say very, very happy birthday to our main sponsor, Valdemar, who is, uh, some of you will know him on Twitter. Great guy, you know, always, always really good with us in terms of support and, um, you know, financial aid and, and everything else like that. So really, really appreciate you. I uh, hope you had a really good day on your birthday. Really sorry you support Reading. I know that probably yeah. uh, on you. Um, Adam, have a really good week. Good luck tomorrow. Not that you need it, but just go and uh, go and smash it. No, no, thank you very much, um, and thanks to all Reading fans for for the support. And um, you know, it's it's the fans that have made 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 things happen and uh, making a difference. And uh, it may be, you know, a few more months yet until we we get to a conclusion. But hopefully, it'll be a successful one. And uh, you know, for all the lows that we're facing right now and that we're experiencing um you know the better moments will feel you know that little bit sweeter so um and, and no one deserves success more than the reading fans you know they, we've shown this weekend that you know whilst we we're absolutely we're ready to be hostile and that we'll fight for for the for our club you know we, we're also gonna we've also shown you know really a lot of class so um you know well done to, to the fans for striking that balance and um Let's hope uh, this sets the tone for a, a really good 2024. But, um, you know, yeah, hopefully uh, we can get some success on and off the pitch. Yeah. And Ross, um, have a good week. Have you um, have you shoveled much snow today? Bit of a tongue twister. I haven't had to shovel too much snow. Actually, Maine got pretty lucky, so I, I can't complain at all. I'll shovel some um, plugs quickly. Do check out the build-up video um, from last week. I know there's much more going on with Reading right now, but please make the 100-odd clips of uh, defensive third build-up that I watched in often <laughs> two or three times speed worth it. Please validate that for me. I know we've got more in our minds, Reading fans, but uh, there, there's my plug for the week. And uh, we'll we'll see what comes out next week. Yeah, no, they are good, and and you know Ross will continue to do those because ultimately we're a football club. We're not a political right, club. Exactly. We're not a you know financial aid club. We're we're just a football club. So we're um, not a fiduciary podcast. We're a football podcast. That word, yes. Thank you, Bob Burrows. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, final thank you goes to my son Toby, who you had do the intro at the start of this pod. Um, you know he's he's part of a third generation Redden fan. Um, how many more generations we'll get to see, we don't know. But hopefully this club will be around for another 152 years, um, as we have been already. Have a really good week, everybody. If you've been listening to us for the first time, you are very welcome. Hopefully join us next week. Uh, we'll be talking hopefully about three points from the Wigan game um, and hopefully just stuff on the pitch as opposed to all the stuff off the pitch. Uh, take care. All the best. Come on, you ours.